Welcome to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. One of the things we do on this show is we help you avoid ripoffs and scams. Today, I'm going to share with you where the scams are really, really, really hot right now and what you need to be aware of so you don't get taken. By the way, if you ever are taken by a scam, do not guilt yourself that you did something wrong. You did not do something wrong. You were not dumb. I hear over and over again from people, I can't believe I was so stupid. Never, ever say that. Remember, these fraudsters all day long are trying to figure out how to rip you off. It's what they do is their full-time job. And we're busy with our lives and everything going on. So stop with the guilt trip towards yourself. Something else, credit card debt. Do you know credit card rates are at an all-time record high in the modern era? We're going to talk through how do you tackle that debt? What do you need to know about it? But right now, let's talk scams. So there's new extensive data from the Federal Trade Commission on what are the top scams going on. And absolutely far and away, number one are pretexters or sometimes referred to as imposters, where someone pretends to be someone else or from an organization they're not with and they rip you off. And it is like way out there as the top thing and so i want you to know that this is the area you need to really really be on guard of all different ways especially now through text messaging where something will look just like an alert you may have received from your credit card company or a notice from a bank, or a notice from any business you do business with, and a lot lately, Google and Apple, where you'll get notices saying there's been a breach of your account, blah, blah, blah. And, there, and think about it. It's true. Breaches happen all the time. So the criminals go where we're sensitized to expect a problem, and they impersonate a bank. They impersonate a credit card. They impersonate a business we do business with. And I notice more and more getting alerts like Citibank has been putting out alerts to its customers saying, look out for these things. We do not contact you this way, this way, this way. We will not ask you for this, that, or the other. And that's really great they're doing that. And you need to know that the pretexters, it's what law enforcement historically has called it, people who pretend to be something they're not, they are are really successful at conning you. There will be times that they were people that were employees of whatever organization that they're now trying to cheat people from because they know all the lingo, all the procedures, and they know how to get in your wallet. So know anytime somebody ever contacts you by phone, by text, by email, because those are the three most common ways these pretexters work, these imposters work, Never, 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 not ever give any information to someone who calls you on the phone. Never, 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 not ever click on any link 
in a text or an email, period, when you're being supposedly alerted that there could be a problem with your account. Somebody calls you pretending to be from whatever bank you're with or whatever, or business you do business with, saying there's a problem with your account. Say, thank you so much for alerting me to that. I'll get on that right away and hang up the phone. Text or email, remember this simple rule. Go to the website or the app of whatever it is. If you've got the app on your phone, website on your laptop or whatever, you go there, sign into your account, you will know right away if there's any issue with your account. I got a notice recently about potential fraudulent activity on one of my credit cards. And I'm so in my head now worried that something like that is from a scammer. I then signed into the website of the firm and sure enough, there was fraudulent activity on the credit card. And then I called in and they issued a new card and we went through the transactions and figured out which ones were fraudulent. But I did it the right way with that extra step built in to make sure I wasn't giving any information to a crook. The IRS scams, people impersonating the IRS have been big, the social security scams. I mean, you name it. But here's something really, really, I think, shocking to a lot of people. Younger people are more likely to be scammed now than older people. We used to talk so much about elder fraud. And now younger people are more likely to be taken because they're doing a million things at once. They got a lot of apps going. They may have a lot of social media going and not truly focusing. And they'll click here and they'll do that. And before they know it, they've given up real money. The other thing that is especially hitting younger people with fraudsters is where something will look verified. For example, there's a big problem right now with Instagram where people supposedly, well, they have been verified by Instagram, but it's not the actual real right. organization you, or individual. You get a blue check mark when you're verified. Um, and so these people figure out a way to get around it and get verified and then sell it to other people or... So, so there's ProPublica, however you say it, they've done a deep dive investigation in how fraudsters and criminals and people who maybe have been discredited in an industry are able to defeat Facebook's Meta's system. And they're able to totally defeat the Instagram thing of verified people. And so you got to be aware that that you cannot trust the blue check mark anymore. And I hate to say stuff like that because they were trying to do a good thing at Instagram, having a way that you knew that whoever you were following really was who they said they were, but you can't now. And so especially if you're living a lot in the social media world, you're using Instagram, you're using whatever else, TikTok, know that a lot of falsehoods are being spread, a lot of cons are being perpetrated, a lot of crooks are there, and these platforms weren't designed for frauds and crooks. 
but they have been able to exploit them. And you got to be really, really careful out there. And I don't want you to descend into cynicism. Most people out there, I believe, are good, decent people. Unfortunately, there are those who aren't, and it's our job to give you the heads up to protect yourself. Okay, we'll go to questions now. This is from Daniel in North Carolina. I offered a cell phone for sale on OfferUp.com. I received an offer from Ryan, who wanted to use Cash App for the money transfer and buy the phone. I quickly downloaded the app and did the setup. I did not link my bank account to the app. The whole thing waddles like a scam, quacks like a scam, and smells like a scam. Ryan messaged me to say that he sent the money via Cash App. I received an email that supposedly came from Cash App, but the grammar is so bad, it gave me concern. Also, the email address was not a Cash App address. These are two sure indications of a fraud or scam. The email said Ryan needed to send me an additional $200 and something about making my account a business account to (laughs) complete the transaction. I don't know how the scam would have played out, but I decided not to engage any further with Ryan on the phone deal. Can you confirm this was a scam? This is a scam. And be very wary. Remember the rule. Cash App and Venmo, PayPal should only be used to pay known individuals. I mean, Cash App and Venmo, if you stick to only transferring money with friends and family, that's the safest thing of all. You start getting to unknown parties. Remember, money takes a one-way trip. And in this case... Ryan was trying to steal your phone, pretending you'd been paid almost certainly, and you didn't fall for it. And guess what happened? Ryan vanished in the night. So you did the right thing. Your gut was right. And you want to sell a phone? On Clark.com, we've done a lot of work where we show shopping services where you can sell your phone to a legitimate known company, and you might not get as much as selling to an individual but you'll know you're selling to somebody real. I think maybe also in this scam, like they asked him to change the account to business and they're sending an additional 200. Do you think they were going to, there's probably asked pull to out send more a check money and all that. Right. They can maybe directly pull it out if it's a business. I'm not sure. Jay in Pennsylvania says Clark needs to warn his listeners about the Amazon tricksters trying to force customers to subscribe and save. I wanted to buy an item, but no matter what I would do, the subscribe and save coupon was automatically put on my order, which requires you to get a subscription to the same item monthly. I even deleted my cookies. And you don't want those. You do not want subscribe and save. It's such a ripoff. I deleted my cookies and history and signed in again, and the subscription was still applied. So I've not heard that Amazon was playing dirty pool with subscribe and save. I use Amazon so little, I can't speak to that. Do I'm you use subscribe and save ripoff items? Um, I've done it on a couple of things that I know I order regularly, but I've also been caught where things came. I, I meant to cancel the subscription. Um, but what it does is it often will default to subscribe and save, and you have to change it when you're buying one item as a one-time purchase. Deleting your cookies won't work. You have to actually go into my subscriptions and cancel that subscription. So just know Amazon is not your friend on subscribe and save. It is frightfully, incredibly profitable for them to send you stuff you don't need regularly. And uh, I love what you said, the things you need regularly. Uh, you don't. Buy things as you need them 
Well, rather than I take some supplements and so I have them send it because I know there's so many in the bottle. But how do you know that that you're paying low price around. in the market? I shop around. I do. But then once you set up subscribe and save, That's true. then you're not shopping anymore and Amazon's gotcha. Okay. This is from Anonymous. You mentioned that it's probably not good to bluff your boss for a raise by threatening them with another job offer. I'm 16 and have worked with the same small medical office for five years. They don't give raises or bonuses. I went on several interviews recently, turned down many offers, and used that to info to my advantage. I was given exactly what I asked for, about 25% more. I would have left if necessary. I know I'm worth it. Okay. So this is, this is perfect. This is exactly how you use the labor market to your advantage because employers are rewarding us for disloyalty instead of loyalty right now that you go out and you test the market, but you have to be willing to walk. It's what I talk about with apartments, you know, with all the increase in apartment rents. You don't bluff your landlord. You need to go out and shop when your apartment's coming up for renewal, see what else is out there. And if you're going to get into a real fight with the landlord about rent, you need to be willing to move to that other place. Same thing with a job. You don't want to get into a position where you go out and you test the market. You find out, well, they will pay more, but I really don't want to work there. And then your employer says, fine, we loved having you go. I hope you enjoy your new job. So you want to make sure you're really comfortable leaving you don't want to bluff them and then they call your hand so i'm so glad it worked out for you no raise for five years suddenly a 25 percent raise because you went out and tested the market good for you so we're going to need that extra money because people are stacking on credit card debt again there's some uh, scary stuff about that that I'm going to talk about coming up. You're not going to believe this. You have to go back to the last century. For the last time, the average credit card interest rate was as high as it is now. The 1990s was the last time we had credit card interest rates that average where we are now, which is right around 18% and headed higher. Uh, The credit card industry is in with most credit cards issued by just a very small number of issuers. The biggest banks in the country dominate credit card issuing. So they've been pushing those interest rates higher and higher. At the same time, like a drug dealer, they're sending out new applications for credit like you've never seen. What's the drug dealer reference? You know, drug dealers that try to get you hooked on a, a drug so then you become a regular customer. So the banks are following that kind of business model, knowing that they're making so much money right now on interest on cards, the solicitations for cards, listen to this crazy number. Okay, two years ago, no, last year, solicitations for credit cards were up 85% from the year before. This year, they're up another 45%. Because the banks are like, we're going to get people hooked. We're going to get them on this credit. We're going to charge them this massive interest. And we're just making a great deal here. Because you think about the big banks. Okay, you look at Citi, you look at Chase, you look at Bank of America, you look at Wells Fargo, the four giant monster mega banks. Okay, 
what are they paying savers right now if you have savings with them? Generally, they're paying one one hundredth of one percent. They haven't raised what they're paying savers at all. Okay. And then they're charging their credit card customers the highest interest rates in more than a generation. Wow. Reverse bank robbery really works for these giant monster megas. So what you need to know is don't fall for their game. Don't say just, hey, look at this. Look at this fantastic offer I got from Chase today. Look what they're offering me. Look at this Citibank thing. Look at this one. Wells Fargo's offering me $200 to get a card. And I don't even have to pay an annual fee for it. I mean, who wouldn't do that, right? They're luring you in. They're luring you in. It's like the fisherman with the bait on the end of the hook. And they want to reel you in. And they want to own you. That's what this game's about. Don't play their game. Don't do it. You know what the big banks call you if you pay your credit card bill in full, right? Believe it or not, they actually call you a deadbeat. So deadbeat, what did that used to mean as a slang term? It meant somebody who didn't pay their bills, right? No. If I'm the mentality of a giant monster megabank, it's actually the opposite. The person who pays the bill in full is the deadbeat. Because the credit card company isn't charging you the huge interest every single month. You're getting a free ride. You've got that grace period. The time period that you charge, you pay the bill in full, you had free use of the bank's money all that time. On the other hand, what the bank's counting on is that you get that card and then you charge and charge and charge. And right now, a lot of people are in pain financially. The brutal cycle of inflation has really hurt people, a lot of people. And it means you're straining to pay those bills. And so this seems like a solution, getting an, yet another card that buys you a little more time. And then you got the huge amount of interest, the huge amount of debt. So I just want you to know, this is what's going on. Be careful, be wary. And just because one of these banks says, here, have it, take this card. Don't do it. Okay, so the ironic thing is if you are a deadbeat, the offers coming now are fantastic. Yeah, it's it's an odd business, right? All the things they're dangling with the points and all that. I got one this week from one of the hotel chain tie-ins with a credit card, and they were offering me enough points that the lowest redemption level would get me 12 free hotel nights. If I got this card, the annual fee was just under $100. Did I bite on it? No, I, I don't trust the hotel credit cards. But the offers that are coming are, a lot of them are really intriguing if you pay your balances in full. Because again, the banks want so many people and they know a certain number of them are going to 
take the lure and then not pay the balance in full, and they're going to be paying the really high interest. Krista? Okay, this is from Jeff in Kentucky. I By have, the way, Krista has 37 credit cards now. I do not. Because you signed, you, you grab like all the, the bonuses that people yeah, throw Yeah, I need way. to get rid of some. I need to do some swap outs because I, I don't like keeping track of all the bills every month. Okay, from Jeff in Kentucky. I have a mortgage at a big bank that I'm about to pay off. They tell me I have to pay $46 recording fee. Is there any way out of paying this? So, Jeff, uh, believe it or not, this would have had to be disclosed in your original closing documents on this loan. And we've had this question over the years, and a lot of times the bank will charge a junk fee figuring, well, you know, the mortgage was a zillion dollars, Jeff's never going to pay attention to the $46 fee. But if there was nothing in the original documents that permitted a fee like this, the bank cannot charge it. But almost nobody ever questions, nobody ever goes and looks at their closing documents, and they end up paying the fee. So, Jeff, it's your job to go look at the fee. This particular bank is getting out of the mortgage lending business So they really don't care who they alienate or how or whether they're following the law or not. So it's going to be up to you to go check your closing documents and see if they get that one more ounce of blood out of you. And if it does say that they can charge you this fee, you have to pay it to be done with them. And from Jake in Wisconsin, my wife and I are both 33 years old and teachers. We currently have retirement through our state retirement accounts. And in addition, both have Roth IRAs that we fully fund each year. Right. What should be our next steps for continuing to increase our retirement savings? And you see, I gave you the company their Roths are through. Yeah. So Jake, it's fantastic. You're fully funding your Roths each year. Doing so in your early 30s, I mean, the payoff for you down the road, gigantic. You will end up with substantially less money net 30 plus years down the road because you're doing your Roth with an ultra high cost company. You're with a company charges extremely high commissions and extremely high ongoing expenses. So if you feel confident in doing the Roths on your own, putting them money like in a target retirement fund with one of the low-cost companies, you will be able to increase the amount of money that putting in the same dollars over the next 30 years, you'll end up with a massive amount larger of money for your future. That's number one. Number two, you could open an investment account with one of the low-cost companies, Fidelity, Schwab, or Vanguard, Uh, You go with Fidelity, you could go in the Fidelity Zero Fund, just do the total stock market zero, whatever the actual name is of it, Fidelity. You'll pay no commissions, no ongoing expenses, and you'll ride the wave of the stock market that's been a down wave now, but over the decades, it will make you enormous amount of money. And even though it's a taxable account, you're not going to be restricted by age when you pull it out, and you'll be taxed at what's known as uh, long-term capital gains, which is a much more favorable tax rate on something that would be taxed. So that would be how I'd supplement 
is with an ultra low cost total stock market index fund all that means is you own little pieces of thousands of companies stock and you ride with capitalism over the years as the economy grows the value of your account grows and that would be the supplement but i would really think about how you're doing that roth ira because the huge fees and commissions you're paying really will tie one hand behind each of your backs and what kind of money you'll have down the road. And from Gale in Alabama, Captain Clark Howard, at times I get a pop-up asking for permission to access my pictures and files on my cell phone. What's your opinion on this? So Gail, I'm retiring in January from my state guard. I will be Captain retired at that point after 21 years. Um, The pop-ups that ask for permission normally are necessary for the app to do its thing on your phone. Now, there should be an explanation why they need the access, and then you can decide whether you get permission. Um, There are lots of situations where I don't give the permissions that if it's an app that I'm like, they don't need access to those things. They don't need access to my pictures. They don't need access to my contacts. They don't need any of that. So I don't give it. But there are apps that need that kind of thing. And it'll be pretty clear in a case where and why an app would need it in order for it to be able to function and do what it does. But you are right to always be skeptical anytime an app asks for permissions. For those on iPhones, you have an enormous privilege that Android needs where you're able to block what an app is able to do as far as capturing information from you that is then sold off or used by them in different ways. Facebook has taken a really hard hit in the chin by iPhone users blocking Facebook from being able to spy on everything you do. And it's really great that on an iPhone, you can restrict all the spying that Facebook does. So Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, the three big operations of Meta, they, unless you restrict them, they're looking at everything you do, every place you go, every action you take on your smartphone using them. And that's why use the privilege Apple gives you to say no to Facebook doing any of that. And when I get those pop-ups, it usually says you give these permissions only when using the app, you know, never, only when using the app or always. And I always put only when using the app. Only when using the app. Thank you. On an Android, especially, always say only when using the app. Very important. There are a couple of apps I have that continually... Uh, nudge me to give all-time permission. One of the most popular apps in the marketplace, Life360, but I only want them to know information when I'm using the app. And so that's the only permission I've given them. And they keep saying, you're not getting to use all the features of Life360 because you don't give permission all the time. And I'm just fine with that because it's just so that we and the family can all know where each other or at any particular time. Okay, so if you're looking to save extra money, we have a challenge for you at clark.com 
to save $1,000 over the next 15 weeks. You know, it's been tough with money, right? But with the 15-week challenge to get to $1,000, you start by paying yourself, typically into an online savings account, 20 bucks in week one. And then follow our chart to deposit the set amounts each week into that online account. After 15 weeks, you'll have that $1,000. Now, the link will be in today's show notes at clark.com slash podcast. And we've got an article at clark.com on giving you the 15-week challenge to $1,000. You know, it all starts $1 at a time. We make a habit, change our habits, and we build a new way of handling money to give us more power, more control. Have a great day.